Welcome back to another episode of the Worthy Bitch Podcast. I am so excited that you are here today. Today we have part two of our two-part episode with my cousin and friend Megan Frazier from Frazier Design and she is here talking about all things self-awareness, principles, vulnerability, ways to get in touch with ourselves so we can learn about who we are and get deep with ourselves. So I am so excited you are here. If you have not checked out part one, be sure to do that and then jump back over here to part two to pick up where we left off because we went deep. And I do want to say, full disclosure, we are not experts. We're not claiming to be experts on the topics that we're discussing today. This is just a behind-the-scenes little look of just the way that we conversate naturally. We didn't really put in a whole lot of like energy behind putting questions together and stuff. We just kind of let it flow and see what came out. And we always have really interesting deep conversations because we share a lot of the same viewpoints on a lot of things. But then again, we also have very different viewpoints on a lot of things. And we also have both done a lot of research on certain topics. And so I think it's very interesting to share. So just ignore some of my weird sounds or whatever it is that you hear. I apologize for the dog barking in the background. My neighbor put their dog out and left, you know, halfway through recording and there was nothing I can do about that. I tried to take it out. I myself was making some weird sounds. There was something I could have done about that. I don't know. I got rid of some of that, but I apologize. I was talking with my cousin. So... I am excited to share this with you. So we also go over some very interesting religious source God um, type of viewpoints as well. So I just wanted to let you guys know that. And without further ado, here we have Megan Frazier for you. Yeah, if you don't know what your principles are when you're confronted with a situation that maybe challenges your beliefs, how are you going to know where to turn Mm -hmm. if you don't understand your principles? So your principles should be like lampposts along your path through life. They are your guiding light, the things that no one can change. So look to them always whenever you're making decisions or stuck in a rut. Just look there because that will remind you who you really are. And so other than putting yourself in vulnerable situations, what are other ways or do you have any other ways that you recommend trying to really get in touch with your principles and and get to know them, find out what they are? Like what are some first steps that even you started taking when you started even looking at life this way? Well, most of it was reading, just a lot of research, a lot of just trying to figure out what is already out there and what makes me different from all the stuff that's out there. So, you know, Manly P. Hall is someone I mentioned at the beginning of our talk, and he has really been my saving grace. He has shown me things I've never thought about before and helped me understand what principles are. So now it's my job to try to get to the bottom of my own principles and 
you know, that, that sort of is a little conflicting what we talked about earlier. Is everyone's principles the same or are mm-hmm. they different? Well, I think it takes time to get to where everything is all the same because if you're just starting out on your journey like us, like me, you know, it it's going to take some sifting through um, and some purification in order to figure that out. So that brings me to alchemy, which I think is a very intriguing subject. Um, alchemy is the process of transforming one thing into something completely different. So you guys might know alchemy as um, people trying to turn base metals into gold, which mm. is actually possible, by the way. Um, a lot of people don't know that. Or like charcoal into diamonds or something like that. Or... Uh, usually it's gold because oh. gold is the purest substance on planet Earth. I did um, not know that. Yeah, so typically they would want to make gold. But really, the most intriguing thing is that you yourself must transform in order to create that thing. So alchemy is something that's been very controversial throughout history because there's been very little proof that it's actually possible to transform one thing into another. But actually there is proof. Right. Isn't that science? Well, yes, exactly. Um, There's proof and it's hidden in plain sight. What happens when you eat food? Your food turns into energy. Your digestion process is an alchemical process that transforms one substance into completely other things. You eat food and out comes poetry, out comes music, out comes a podcast. (laughs) A human. A human. A whole human. (laughs) Yeah. So the process of alchemy involves purification. You would take the thing that's impure, salt or mercury, back in the day when people were in their little labs with test tubes and their fireplace and all their chemicals set out. Sounds awesome. <laughs> I, I bet I was there. I could, I could see it. It's and, at night, too. <laughs> the yeah, stars, I could see it all. <laughs> Full moon, everything. Yeah, so you would purify these elements in order to use them to transform them into gold. Well, the same thing has to happen within yourself. You have to purify yourself in order to find gold, which is probably the principles we're discussing. Mm. See, I'm still on the path. Just a disclaimer. I should have disclaimed this at the beginning of the podcast. Disclaimer, I don't know anything. Take everything I say (laughs) with a grain of salt. These are our personal opinions. (laughs) Yeah, I have no credibility whatsoever. (laughs) We just like discussing this and seeing different perspectives and points of view. And I think that Megan has an amazing point of view. And she's very educated and she loves to study and learn about herself. And I think that that's beautiful. And I respect anybody who takes the time to learn about themselves and turn inward. Because like you were saying, it is not easy. It is really hard work, and um, a lot of people never do it. Yeah, uh, it's true, and it really isn't easy, and oftentimes when you learn about yourself, it's after the fact. It's too late. (laughs) You've already messed up, but that's okay. Just fell upwards, like we said. So just to give you guys an example of how I learn about myself through design, um, uh, a business asked me to paint a storefront window for them. And uh, they said they wanted a fall-themed window with pumpkins and leaves, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, okay, uh, should this be in full color or just white, which is what I wanted. 
and she said, oh yeah, lots of color, I want it to be super colorful, and my immediate gut reaction, of course I didn't say this to her, was, ugh, it's going to look so tacky. <laughs> but I said, okay, of course I'll do it. And then when I was driving home, after that conversation, I took a look at myself and I said, why do you think you know what looks good? Mm. Who do you think you are? Why should that lady be wrong in wanting a colorful window? Mm. Why should I be right? So I've been practicing this for a long time now, and it's getting easier. But the idea is just to examine yourself and everything that you do. Take a step back and look at yourself whenever you react to something in a distasteful way. And just just ask yourself why. Mm -hmm. What makes you think that? Maybe you'll start to get to the bottom of things because it, it takes a little, um, you know, it, it's rough. It takes some self-work and discovery to figure these things out. But it's all about walking the path. Mm -hmm. And it feels really awkward at first, like when you're talking to yourself and you're asking yourself questions and stuff. And I'm to the point now where I do it out loud. Like when I'm driving in the car by myself, I'm like, why do you do this? And why do you think this way? Well, I'm like, <laughs> so I really have like full out conversations with myself. But when I first started doing this, it started with other people asking questions like on guided meditations and stuff. And then that would spark my mind to think that way. And then I started asking myself questions internally. But I realized the other day when I was talking to Josh and he was saying, I was telling him how, oh, I was talking to myself and I was asking myself why I feel this way or why I was responding this way and, and having that conversation and this is what I told myself and this is what I revealed. And he was like, that's just such an odd concept to me because I don't ask myself, I just tell myself. And so I feel like it's almost like a really feminine construct to really ask yourself and get to know yourself. And like I, like I said, I think that our world is kind of craving that feminine energy because we've been so pushed in the masculine, do, 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 accomplish, achieve, like all of these things. And so that has to push you out of yourself to achieve and stuff in a lot of ways. And so coming back in, and I just thought it was interesting. He's like, I never ask myself questions. I just tell myself. And I was like, yeah, I used to do that, but it didn't work, you know? <laughs> but, like, maybe for men it does. Or maybe they just, I don't know. It's very interesting the way everybody's so different. But I think that everybody benefits from taking a step back and looking within and questioning yourself is honestly I think the key to discovering everything about who you are so shout out to all you masculine people and question yourself <laughs> I saw a bumper sticker the other day and it said whatever you think and rethink it <laughs> <laughs> it said it just like that. yeah <laughs> that's great um yeah I think that no matter which side of the pole you're on whether it be masculine or feminine the ultimate goal should be to integrate the opposite because you want, you know, you don't want to be all feminine. That no. is just complete and utter chaos. It's like looking into the void and you don't want to be all masculine. Well, because that's a dictator. That's someone who's constantly saying, do this, do that. Complete I am a ruler. You know, it, it, there needs to be a middle ground here. And I think that that's true mastery when you can integrate the opposites and realize that it's all one thing. Hot and cold are on the same spectrum. Up and down are on the same spectrum. They're not opposite. Separate. They are yeah. opposites, but they're not separate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can't have one without the other almost. Yeah, exactly.
That is very interesting. And um, that's called polarity, and it's actually a principle in a book called the Kybalion, which is a very fascinating book, which lays down basically physical laws of our reality. And once you understand the physical laws, laws as in things that cannot be changed, you can't argue with gravity, you're not going to mm, win. Right. Sorry. So, um, yeah, once you understand... Stop the- pushing me down to the earth. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hear. When I-, <laughs> I don't want a facelift in 20 years. I want my face to be perky. <laughs> gravity, I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'll put all these links to the, or these notes uh, for these books in the show notes for you guys. So I know we're recommending a lot, or she's recommending lots of good books for you guys. I'm actually going to tell you guys what the principles of the Kybalion are because I find this to be very fascinating. It was written by the three initiates, um, and they claim to be the teachings of Hermes Trismegistus, which means Hermes the thrice greatest. So the seven principles, of course, the number seven, because the septenary is, seven is a number that you'll find everywhere. Um, It's a divine number, and not just in Christianity, throughout all religions. So the first principle is the principle of mentalism. All is mind. So literally, everything is coming from your mind. The second principle is the principle of correspondence. That expresses the idea that there's always a correspondence between the laws of phenomena and the various planes of life and being, as above, so below. The third principle is the principle of vibration. Nothing rests, everything moves, vibrates, and circles. This principle explains that the distinction between manifestations of matter, energy, mind, and spirit are the result of different vibrations. The fourth principle is the principle of polarity. The idea that everything is dual. We live in a reality of duality, where everything has two poles and opposites, two sides, two aspects. The fifth principle is that of rhythm. Everything is measured in motion, to and from, flow and inflow, backward and forward. Think of a pendulum. The sixth principle is that of cause and effect. For every cause, there is an effect. And the seventh principle is that of gender. Gender is manifested in everything, not only the notion of sex, but rather to beget, to procreate, to generate, to produce. So those are the seven principles of the Kybalion, and they are essentially seven things that you can't change. They're just Mm. laws, physical laws of our reality. And once you understand the things that you can't change, it will help you move forward and take advantage of the things you can change. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be able to know how to navigate those things around the things that you can't change better as well. Right. Oh, wow. I feel like the whole theme of everything that we're talking about is almost just about balance, about finding your balance point and then balancing everything around that point and kind of trying to remain in that way, which I don't think every anything ever just, like, stays. Like, what you're saying, everything's always vibrating and in flux and stuff. Like, it's, it's changing, it's moving, whether you want it to or you think it is or not. Like, it's happening. But trying to remain as much imbalanced as you can. It reminds me on um, the Avatar, you know, when they go to the place where the 
moon and the whatever the the yin and the yang are swimming the two fish in the water and the white one and the black one and they're going around each other that's what it's like like they're keeping each other in perfect balance by continuously dancing that dance right and that's like life exactly and um and with sorry go ahead i was just thinking with one without the other like when they take one away the other one like die like it's all everything falls apart exactly so that that's what I was going to say is that duality is an aspect of our reality, but it's ultimately an illusion because the union of the opposites is where reality comes into existence. And I think everything is sort of like walking on a tightrope. You really can't lean too far to the right or to the left, politically or otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> because that just doesn't make any sense. Any extremist point of view is just like absolute nonsense. Be Get real, you know. There's got to be some sort of rationality involved in this and realize that not everything is black and white. There is a gray area in everything. Fifty Shades of Grey. Like they always say what? There's the there's your story, their story, and the real story. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that goes down to the truth things like I had a conversation with Josh about truth and how how important like words are and using vocabulary in a certain type of way because communication is everything and you can say one thing and be heard a different way and then all of a sudden you said something else that's like the whole cancel culture right now but we were talking about truth and like and how I was asking if you think that the principles are relative, I was discussing with him if he thought that truth was relative. And he said, like, absolutely not. There is an ultimate truth. And I was like, well, I think everybody has their own truth because everybody has different experiences, etc. And he said that's where the problem is because, and I'm going to butcher this, I don't want to, sorry if I say this wrong, Josh, but... He said something about that's where the problem is because if everybody believes that their truth is the truth and it's a different truth, then, like, nobody will ever be on the same page and collaborate right. and compromise. Like, everybody has to recognize that, like, you know, we're, we're coming to a common goal, which is the truth. It's like, you can't be like, oh, well, you hurt my feelings because my truth says this. And it's just like, that's a spiritual bypassing type of thing. That's an excuse to keep being an asshole, <laughs> almost. Yeah. He's a wise man mm. because that's true. Um the greatest illusion is that of separateness because we are all one. Mm-hmm. You're me. I'm you. I'm this microphone I'm talking into. I'm everything. You're everything. We are just in this place where we have been convinced that we're separate, probably because it's more fun for God to pretend like he's separate and mm-hmm. not everything. Because if you were God, which you are, when you get bored just hanging out all the time, being God, wouldn't you want to challenge yourself a little bit and be mm-hmm. autumn for a little while? That's so interesting because I used to get so frustrated with the fact that life was hard. And I would be like, why? What's the point of this? Why is it so challenging? Like, why does it have to be so it difficult? It would be fun if it that's, was. <laughs> that's what. So I think of life as a video game a lot of times. And I heard this thing. I don't remember where I heard it. I wish I could. But he said that... If it wasn't challenging, you would get bo- you wouldn't want to do it anymore. Right. You would just be like, okay, well, this is boring. This is stupid. Bye. You would just want to leave. It's like there needs to be a point. There has to be like, 
you that's why you set goals and stuff. It's like in a video game when you level up, you're like the reason you're playing the game is to get to the next level. Most unless it's Minecraft or something stupid, but you want to get to like the next level, right? Hating on Minecraft. <laughs> no, I don't understand Minecraft. I've never played it. I don't understand it. Either. They just walk around, and I don't either. But anyway, I I only like to play games growing up where there was actually a point where you're trying to like get to the next level, and there's a goal and accomplishment, and like right. you can win the game. If you can't win the game, there's no point in playing. And so yeah. I think that is very relevant to life. Not that, I mean, essentially the way that the society has constructed in the way it is now, there are like losers and winners, but I don't think that it is defined in the way that we define it. I think it's whether, what you feel on the inside, you know, yeah. whether you feel like a winner or a loser, because success is a relative term in my opinion, because what, you know, Elon Musk thinks his success is different from what I think his success. Duh, I think he's successful, but that's not my success. You know what I mean? Like, it's different for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And I am trying to learn how to play guitar right now, and I'm telling you guys, sometimes I want to throw the guitar out the window. Mm -hmm. But I take a step back, take a deep breath, and realize that if I knew how to play guitar like Jimi Hendrix, I wouldn't do it. It wouldn't be fun. Mm-hmm. The fun part is the hard part, is challenging yourself to do something new. That's where you discover yourself. Yeah, exactly. And that that's where you try to find truth and your principles. And often the truth is hidden in plain sight. And I think that the best way, if you're looking for truth in a world of chaos, look to nature. It's very easy to see something true in nature. Always look to nature when you're trying to learn something about yourself or find answers. Look at how the flowers grow, how the tree drops an acorn that creates a new tree, how the ducks follow each other around. The little lady duck is following her big man duck around. You know, there's mm-hmm. truth in that because it it points to something fundamental that we as humans have a hard time getting back to. Because we're distracted, because we're so external instead of internal. Right. Looking for validation or somebody to fix us or, you know, whatever it may be. We have to fix the external before we can be happy on the inside. But it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And you have to learn how to enjoy the journey. This is very cliche to say, but it's cliche for a reason. You have to enjoy the journey or, I mean, because you're never ultimately going to get to a place. Right? Like the place that you have in your mind or whatever. Like you may get there, but if you are not already there internally then you won't be there internally once you get there externally if that makes sense yeah absolutely it's beautiful it's all about balance it really is I think that nature really is beautiful in the fact that it also is just so unbiased in a lot of ways it just does it just is like the tree doesn't say oh I don't like your leaves on you. I'm not going to shade you or, you know, (laughs) something like that. You know what I mean? There's no, like, judgment and stuff. So I think that's what you're saying is a good thing to look at because it doesn't have that human construct of right or wrong and this and that. and just is. mm -hmm. Oh, and speaking of judgment, I just want to point out, you guys, something that I'm trying to figure out myself, but whenever you judge someone... Be prepared to be judged by mm-hmm. the same unit of measurement. Right. It's whatever <laughs> you whatever you put out is what you get back, right? What you reap, yeah. what you sow. 
Exactly. Yeah, so if you're putting a whole bunch of negative energy out, that's what you're getting back. Even if you don't think, like, that bad things are happening, if you're, like, walking around thinking, like, no, I'm great. Like, I have money. I can do whatever I want. Like, I know everything. I, yeah, I know everything. Like, all this stuff. Like, nobody can touch me. And you're just over here, like, bad thoughts on everybody, like, shitting on everybody in your head or even out loud. And you think nothing's happening to you, but it is. It's coming back to you, like, instantly. I promise you. Everything is coming back to you. Plus, you probably feel shitty. On the inside. That's it. Hurt people hurt people. Happy people don't shit on other people. Yeah. That makes me think about the should. You don't shit on anyone. <laughs> it's like shitting on them, but it's like you don't say like, oh, you should do this and you should do that. That's like being like, oh, I know your life better than you do. Right. Yeah, and it's, it's also a big part of my journey has been realizing that I don't know anything. Oh, and yeah. the more you know, the more you know. And you really have to to take a step back from yourself and just come face to face with the fact that you're nobody. And once you realize that, you will be free, I promise. You will feel 100% lighter when you realize that you don't actually know everything. Mm-hmm. What a burden to carry. Right? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, that creates like the whole perfectionism, like <laughs> stigma and stuff, I think a lot too. Yeah. So we want to learn how to be self-aware, to bring the awareness to the self, stop looking externally, and to start analyzing, questioning ourselves, asking ourselves questions about why we react or respond the way that we do, and then to kind of analyze our beliefs in a way too, because I think that we're trying to get to the core of ourselves, which is our principles, this is the words we're using for finding like our core values almost. And so looking at the beliefs can help us kind of uncover that. And then getting vulnerable so we can see ourselves from different angles. Yeah. Yeah? Absolutely. I think that's a great way to summarize everything you just said. I have a question for you. Are you always searching for holistic ways to heal your ailments? I know, girl. Me too. Well, I am so excited to share something with you that has honestly changed my life forever. Like, seriously, I'm never going back. Have you heard of essential oils? If you haven't, then my next question would be, have you been living under a rock? Essential oils have helped me in so many ways. I cannot even mention them all here, but I will tell you my faves. I started using essential oils because I have suffered from migraines since I was 12, and I've always hated taking migraine medication. Anyone who's taken it knows that it's almost as bad as the migraine itself. It leaves you feeling all woozy and out of touch with reality, and the only thing that you want to do is sleep, like for the rest of your life. Ew. Well, my mom introduced me to peppermint essential oil, and I cannot even remember the last time I had to take one of those nasty little pills to hopefully ease the pain. I just put a few drops of essential oil on my head and neck, and within seconds, I'm feeling relief. And... I even put it on my tummy because it has very powerful anti-nausea effects. And if you have ever had a migraine, then you know how nauseous you can be from them. And I have to mention tea tree oil here because it's been a lifesaver for me during these COVID times. I've been diffusing it constantly to keep the air purified in my apartment. It gives me so much peace of mind because even just breathing comfortably can feel a little challenging these days. If you want to learn more about the magical powers of essential oils and how they can help you heal in your life, then scroll on down to my doTERRA link in the show notes. There you will learn all about 
what essential oils are, how they work, and how to use essential oils to change your life. And feel free to reach out to me on social with any questions you may have. I look forward to seeing you there. And then you find balance and peace and love. Harmony. Yeah. You know, if you're not harmonious within yourself, how can you expect the world around you to be harmonious? And harmony, 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 <laughs> harmony does not mean that there is never some, like, that everything's just peace and rainbows and butterflies all the time, that nothing bad happens or that there's never something that is, like, unfavorable that's going to happen. It just means that you've learned how to... Um, surf your river, so to speak. Yeah, that comes directly back to the Tao. Mm -hmm. You know, you just can't get mad when bad things happen to you, but also don't get too happy when good things happen to you. Mm -hmm. Be right in the middle. Try to be neutral about things because it'll give you greater insight. If you're polarized, you're unable to see clearly. That's really an interesting perspective because I am a very highly emotional person. I'm a very highly emotional person, but I feel like part of my journey has been I've always pushed the emotion and the feeling and like like you're saying, like too upset or too happy or whatever. I've always pushed that away and thought like, oh, there's something wrong with me if I feel too much. And so then part of my journey has been like reopening myself up and allowing myself to feel so that I can see those different aspects and learn about myself and expand my comfort zone. You know what I mean? Because... Like, I don't know, for me, if I'm not feeling, if I'm not fully present in the moment, like, feeling all happy, I don't want to get too wrapped up in the emotion, not to where it's controlling me, but a healthy, like, analysis of, like, here, I'm watching this happen and I'm learning about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Because I don't want to rob myself of, this is just my own personal thing, like, I don't want to rob myself of feeling super immense elatement, like, the highest possible joy, like, ecstasy, ecstatic, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to, like, stay streamlined. I've done that when I've been on, like, antidepressants and stuff like that, and it just keeps you, like, in one thing. I know a lot of people don't want to get, like, to the point where they're feeling, like, immense grief or sadness or despair, but also, like, being vulnerable with yourself to allow yourself to feel those extremes on the spectrum, I think, shows you a lot of who you are, but not getting wrapped up in holding on to that but just kind of looking at it and letting it come and go you know not not holding on and staying in that place does that make sense yeah um actually something i've discovered through listening to manly p hall is emotions where they come from and how they are to be conquered it's very interesting he equates emotions to the zodiac so you are you are all of the constellations. All of the zodiacs are within. You just gravitate towards one in particular because the stars were aligned in that in one particular way when you were born, but you have all of them inside of you and they all represent different emotions. And the goal, the ultimate goal is not to let those emotions dictate your actions. It's to be able to control them and guide them where you need them and see fit. Mm-hmm. I probably just butchered the way he put it, but I, I think that that's a very fascinating way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, for example, um, Leo, that's my zodiac sign, has a lot to do with pride and aggression and, um, I don't know, just brute force, bravery. And those those things can be emotional, whereas 
I don't know, let's say Aquarius is more cool and like water. There's just all of these things inside of us, but you can easily let your emotions get out of hand and let them control you. And then when you're speaking, it's the Zodiac speaking mm -hmm. instead of you. But harness them, you know? Mm -hmm. Cage yeah. the lion. It's like, um, but then like let it out to exercise when yeah. need be and you learn. You the key to the cage. Right. Yeah, you are the lion tamer, not the lion almost. You don't let the lion eat you. And that also refers back to finding that balance because like you're saying like you need we're everything so we need those sides of ourselves that may not be our favorite they're there for a reason we need them but we need to learn how to like so whereas you you use the words um master them or control them I use the word dance with them because mm, I just yeah. like the idea of the playfulness around that it doesn't feel so hard for me it feels very like oh I'm looking at this piece of myself that I don't like but I want to get to know it and I want to like it and learn from it so I'm gonna dance with it and play with it instead of being like because I used to be very like why are you here I can't stand you reveal yourself to me <laughs> and then get out you know like that type of way and like really really hard on it and then I started looking looking at myself more as a child and like how would I approach because I know that a lot of us you know we develop within the first five years of our life how we are going to kind of respond to life for the rest of our lives and your first five years really what you learn it, it goes instinctual and you respond that's why a lot of times we don't understand why we're responding the way that we are and so I think it's um important to kind of look at yourself as a child to heal those wounds to be like okay I'm gonna be the mom that I never had or I'm gonna be the you know the person whatever I wished that I had I'm gonna be that to myself you know I'm gonna nurture myself in that way instead of trying to force or you know what I mean like that's just my perspective that's what's come it's helped me transform a lot easier and it's been more fun for me on my practice to be playful like I will literally envision a little girl inside like me as a little girl inside of me and I'll be like okay what do you want to do today little girl and then like when I do my fun like if I'm playing with crystals or my cards and you know burning sage I'll turn music on dance around the house and I envision her with me and we're playing together you know and it's almost like healing that inner child wound and connecting with that so I don't know that's just my perspective of like learning how to incorporate and integrate the shadow side as well and like the things all the things I don't know that's just my verbiage around it dancing instead of like forcing yeah I think that's a great way to look at it it's a very playful way to view yourself and the parent-child relationship with yourself is super helpful because if if you do something that's out of line it really doesn't help to just constantly kick yourself about it you know to go easy on yourself but not too easy. Be stern, but not too stern. Mm -hmm. Just do what, just look at yourself as if you were a child and act appropriately. It, it's been very helpful for me anyway, so hopefully it'll right. help you guys too. Like if you were, think back to when you were a child and you made a mistake and you were like, 
all of a sudden, like, if you knew you made a mistake at home, what is your immediate gut response? Like, how did your parents respond? Did they get instantly angry or did they, like, start screaming and yelling or were they very compassionate? I mean, like, okay, it's fine. Or was there, like, no response at all? So a lot, like, those things play into how we respond now in the present as adults and we don't realize that. So understanding your relationship with your parents and then learning how to kind of reparent yourself in the ways that you didn't get. You know what I mean? I think that that not only heals your inner child wound, but it also heals the wound between the you and your parents in a way because you're making up for what they couldn't provide because everybody's doing the best that they can, you know. Yeah, of course. Even if they're not trying consciously, they're still doing their thing. <laughs> So we can't get mad at them for that. Yeah. All we can do is our work. That's true. And I think that the act of visualization is very, very powerful. That goes back to imagination like we talked about earlier. And if you can visualize yourself as a child or as a parent, it's a powerful tool to use. But don't stop there. Visualize everything you're going to do. Because when you actually go to do it, it'll be that much easier. And you'll have a plan and a strategy ready to go. So practice that. It's a, it's a muscle that mm-hmm. has to be used and exercised, and it takes time. But sort of when, when I'm meditating, meditation is a light term because I don't sit cross-legged and close my eyes and do a mudra <laughs> and burn an incense. It's personal. Yeah, it's, it's more like something, it's more like me just sitting with myself and letting the thoughts flow through my head and just sort of observing them instead of instead of trying to focus on one thing or nothing at all i just sort of observe them until they quiet down and it's very helpful and so then after i get to that point where there's a sense of quietude i'm able to visualize whatever i need to happen next and i just sort of take a walk through it in my head so for example if i got a big day coming up Let's say I'm going to be interviewed on the Worthy Bitch podcast. (laughs) I'll lay down or get in the shower or pet my kitty or whatever thing it is that I want to do. And I'll just imagine getting up, making myself breakfast, getting ready, getting my car and driving, and then imagine doing the podcast interview and going home, et cetera, et cetera. And then once I'm there doing it, I've basically already done it. Mm -hmm. I'm ready for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your mind doesn't know the difference between reality and what you tell it almost to a degree you can trick your mind like obviously people if you have any type of a self-awareness practice where you've looked into yourself you can probably see areas where you've kind of lied to yourself and certain things where you've warped your memories and you've been like oh I told myself this story about this but that's not it had nothing to do with that have you ever experienced that yeah yeah yeah, when you're lying to yourself (laughs) definitely but yeah self-deception is a very common trap for the individual. That's something that needs constant work too. Mm-hmm. You know? It takes time. Yeah, so. it's like the illusion. That's a demon of the third eye chakra, I believe, is illusion. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. I learned that through Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> I must admit. <laughs> no, they teach a lot on that show. She actually turned me on to that cartoon, Avatar The Last Airbender, and 
I was like, hmm, I don't know. I didn't know that they had so many, like, spiritual references and chakras and stuff in it. I'm telling you, go on Netflix and watch this show because I want to watch it right now just talking about it. <laughs> it is so good and it's so relevant. And when you're, a ch- when you're a child, I don't think you fully understand. But then once you watch it as an adult, you're like, whoa, this is all about spiritual awakening and untapping your true potential within and, like, he is really accessing all of the parts of him and learning how to master himself, essentially, like becoming his own master. Oh, yeah. It was an amazing show. It was an emotional ride, too. Almost every episode, I ended up in tears at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's a cartoon. So you guys go watch it and let <laughs> us know what you think because it's amazing. I actually made an entire little kid um, chakra workshop breakdown with the avatar wow as so i'll have to show it to you but i'm gonna offer it just for like a kid thing to learn but it's pretty cool because also ayurveda is representative of in our in the avatar as well so it's interesting with the elements the fire tribe the water tribe all of that the air tribe like that's ayurveda so um it's really interesting the correlations yeah, it really gets deep. However, I can't remember where it started to get bad, but there's a point in the show where it's it's like the episode right after the chakra episode, and it just... Takes a turn. I mean, it just turned into absolute nonsense. It's almost like the thought police saw it and said, uh, whoa, 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 you're giving away too much spiritual insight. You better chill out or we're going to come arrest you. Yeah, so, they turned it into some lovey-dovey, like... It's, like, dramatic, and... Yeah. I don't know, it was really It's still worth watching. It <laughs> is, but just be prepared. It turns into a reality show after a while, so... <laughs> it was very disappointing. For children. Yeah, just, just filler nonsense. But up until that point, so good, so dense, and packed with good spiritual insight. I love it. Well, is there anything else you want to share, or you want to talk about, or... Because I love the whole, like, coming out of yourself to go into yourself, self-awareness, assessing yourself, your beliefs, getting down to your core values, your principles, and then kind of, it's almost like you break yourself down to build yourself back up. Yeah. Um, Well, I guess I'd like to do a little shameless self-promotion. Yes, (laughs) obviously. I was done to say that next. Tell everybody (laughs) where to find you. Yeah, so uh, just a little background. I am a graphic designer, as you guys know, but I work for New Creation Soda Company as the designer of all their packaging. It's my favorite gig. It's so much fun. So I get to design the packaging for these very unique soda flavors. They have strawberry habanero. Interesting, right? Sounds like a margarita. Yeah, they've got a dry hopped ginger ale, so it's got hops in it. Mm. They have a butter pecan cream soda, and they have their original root beer, which is amazing, way better than A&W. And then they have a series of soda waters called Hopfen. We have a super cool design for Hopfen, and it's just been so fun. I do a lot of other work, too, like I said, with hand lettering and chalkboards, um, but I'm really open to any kind of work in the graphic design field because, as you know, I'm constantly trying to do new things and challenge myself and learn more about myself and just expand my interest so and um, she made my logo by the way I have several several of my logos I have so many of them she's amazing yes I design branding uh for several companies and it's super fun I get to basically 
make a vibe into a visual. You know, they, they have this thing that they're doing and it I get to channel it and represent it through color and image. And mm. it's just so fun. So if anybody needs a logo, hit me up. I'm on Instagram at Frasier.design. Working on a website. Don't go to my website. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll put all the links in the show notes. <laughs> Don't go to my website. That's me too. Website is on the way. <laughs> we are it is in a progress, work in progress. Here. Yes. <laughs> It is. The website's a big deal. I know a girl that can help you with that if you need help, but you probably know people in the well, design world. Actually, I design websites for people, too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I just haven't designed my own because I'm too busy designing other people's websites. Well, what a great excuse to advertise your skills with your own, <laughs> with your own thing. Yeah, so um, if anybody has awesome. any questions for me, hit me up. I love talking about esotericism and metaphysics. I love talking about philosophy. I have endless book references. And, um, yeah, I'm Megan. Yeah. <laughs> we love you, Megan. <laughs> She's very, very into I learn new things every single time I'm with Megan. So definitely check her out. And her designs are beautiful and unique, and they really speak to my soul. There's so many of the ones that you've done, like your personal pieces especially, not so much like the branding and stuff, obviously, but like your personal art and stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can feel that it came out of you, the things that I've seen you do. Wow. I'm just thinking of one in particular with the elephant head. I think it's like you with like an elephant head or something, and that one I was just like, oh. <laughs> so beautiful it's like abstract but like I feel like there's so much meaning behind it I don't know yeah um art is actually really hard it it doesn't seem like it but it I I wouldn't consider myself first and foremost an artist because that is just a whole new realm of things I mean it requires so much self-searching to be able to express yourself in a way that makes sense and you can communicate your emotions to others I'm not very good at that. I'm much better at taking an idea and selling it. So mm -hmm. I'm working on the artful side of things because, as I mentioned earlier, selling things is exhausting and soul-sucking. Maybe so. maybe that's just not the things you're meant to sell right now or yeah, eventually. Maybe. But I think you don't give yourself enough credit because you definitely do have a lot of emotion and meaning behind your art that I know that you probably put into it, but you might not. I don't know. You don't credit yourself enough. My opinion. <laughs> um, okay. So we gave all of your information. I think I just want to close with the same practice that we started with and just kind of ground back down before we part ways. This has been beautiful. Yeah, it's been awesome. So we're going to do the 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And so after we do five things that you see, go ahead, close the eyes down, and I will guide you. So, well, first leave them open while you're looking. <laughs> so five things. So we're going to identify five things that you see. First, take a deep breath in. And exhale, sigh it out. We'll do one more in. And exhale. Ooh, I can feel some tension. Okay. So identify five things that you see. Four things that you hear. That one's hard. Three things that you feel. And close the eyes for these. Two 
two things you hear. Oh, no, two things you smell. And one thing you taste. Mm, maybe just notice if they're different than when we did it before. Yeah, I, I think that I may notice my breath stinks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't smell it. I wonder if that does. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much, Megan. I'm so happy to have yes. had you. And thank I can't you wait to have me. This was awesome. And the Worthy Bitch podcast is great. It's such a great source of insight for women or men, anybody who's trying to find out more about themselves and dive into themselves. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And if you loved this episode, don't forget to subscribe and rate and share with a friend who needs to hear it. Also, I would love if you could leave me a review on iTunes and take a screenshot and email it over to me at theworthybitch at gmail.com. That's the worthy B period TCH at gmail.com. Link is in the show notes and I will send you a free gift of my 30 affirmations for the doshas that will assist you in your practice to find balance. And as always, I thank you so much for taking this time today to show up for yourself and do the work. Keep living life on purpose, my worthy bitches.